Got a question for you? Anybody here feel like they really know me? I don't even think my wife would raise her hand. Oh, she did. She raised her hand, but little does she know. No, there's, there's nobody on this planet who knows me better uh, than that lady right there. And uh, you should um, uh, thank God for her patience. <laughs> she makes me a better minister. She really does. And, uh, but when it comes to when we know somebody, you know, do you really know someone? For example, you know, me. You, you come out here every weekend and uh, I get up and preach and you think, yeah, I know that guy. Uh, would you recognize me out in public if you saw me? I mean, if you saw me walking down the, the aisle in the grocery store, you'd be like, yeah, that's Sean. I, I know Sean. Or, or if I called you on the phone, if I called you on the phone, would you recognize my voice? Or would you say, yeah, uh, that's Pastor Sean. I, I know who that is. I know that voice. Maybe, maybe not. Or if, uh, if somebody gave you a pop quiz on, you know, Pastor Sean's likes and dislikes, you know, would you be able to answer those questions and say, yeah, I know that Sean likes the White Sox, he likes Notre Dame, he likes the Green Bay Packers, he likes the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, and uh, he likes Italian food. Uh, so right there, there's your pop quiz. Uh, the answers to the pop quiz will be given later. Uh, Italian food, uh, Olive Garden bread, well, maybe not the breadsticks anymore. So disappointing. Um, but, you know, do you know me well enough that you trust me and say, you know what, Sean, I trust you, and wherever you go, man, I'm with you. Do you trust me enough to say, I'm with you? That's a tough question. To say, yeah, I, I would trust you enough to follow you, you know, wherever we're going. Or, or, you know, do you really know anybody that well that you would say, wherever you go, we're with you? That's a, that's a tough question. I mean, when you think about the people that we know, quote-unquote know, how well do we really know them? Uh, for example, you know, uh, celebrities, politicians, how well do we really know them? We don't. Not at all. There's things going on in Washington and in Hollywood that we have no idea and probably don't want to know. You know, do we really know somebody? Do we really know people? Do we really know the people in our lives, for example? And I mean, know them to the point where we would say, yep, we, we'll follow you. Wherever you go, we're with you. Tough question. Uh, I think about Jesus. I think about God. Do we know God? I mean, do we really know Jesus? To the point where we would say, wherever Jesus leads me, I'm with him. Do you know him well enough? And do you trust him well enough? That whatever he says, and wherever he says we're going, we're with him. That's a hard question. Because sometimes we feel like we know Jesus, and sometimes we feel like we, we really know God. But sometimes God may ask us to do something, and Jesus may ask us to go somewhere, and he may ask us to do something that we're really not sure if we can say yes to. Well, today we're going to talk about uh, how Jesus is our good shepherd and one thing that a shepherd does is a shepherd leads sheep. And the Bible calls us sheep. And we're going to talk about that today as we continue on in this series that we started on Easter weekend called Jesus Is. And this series is based on seven statements that Jesus made in the book of John. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's all right. Uh, just so you know, the book of John is a biography of Jesus written by his good friend John. And uh, the biography of Jesus that he wrote 
uh, is all about, uh, it was written for a very specific purpose. Uh, in John chapter 20, verse 31, John said, these are written, the stories that he wrote about Jesus, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And so John wrote his biography for a very specific purpose, and that was to inspire faith in people uh, that they would believe that Jesus is indeed the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And so that's what John wrote his, that's why he wrote his gospel, that's why he wrote his biography. Um, we've looked at these, in, in this biography there are seven statements Jesus makes that all begin with the words I am. And we've looked at five of them so far. We're going to look at another one today, number six. Next week we're going to talk about Mother's Day, uh, and we're going to have a special message next weekend for Mother's Day. And then the following weekend we're going to finish this series by talking about how Jesus is the true vine. And then we'll have a special service for Memorial Day. Uh, and then we're going to get into a summer series uh, that starts immediately after that. So we've got lots to do, uh, but we want to finish up this series first. We want to finish up strong. Two messages left. Uh, we've seen how Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and how he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. We saw how Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and how we need to accurately portray his light, reflect his light to this dark world. We talked about how Jesus is the bread of life, and then last week we talked about how Jesus is the gate, or the door for the sheep, and we, and we were in John chapter 10, and we looked at the first 10 verses of John 10, uh, and we set up the two doors in here, and we invited you to take a walk through a door. And, and make a commitment uh, in, in one area of discipleship. Uh, we had four areas of discipleship that you could check off a, a commitment to, and many of you did. And again, thank you so much for filling out those commitment cards last week. Uh, we uh, made, like I said, we made a ton of phone calls this week and followed up with people. And uh, if, if we left a message for you and you haven't gotten back to us yet, please get back to us. We want to follow up with you, uh, either Brandon or myself. Uh, and if you haven't checked your voicemails recently, which some of you haven't, uh, the user's uh, voicemail that you call this full, um, check your voicemail. All right. It's just a, people want to leave you a message, you know. So uh, just saying. Um, but when it comes to this idea of commitment, uh, we talked about last week and walking through the door. Uh, thank you again to everyone who, who chose to do that. It was very exciting. It was great to talk to some of you this week uh, on the phone and uh, to follow up with you. Uh, and uh, if we haven't gotten to you yet, um, we should have gotten to you. We took about 20 hours to call everybody combined. So we got uh, those calls made, and hopefully we got through to you. And like I said, if we, have, if we left a message for you, give us a call back, and we'll follow up with you uh, that way. But for today, we're in John 10, verses 11 through 21. And if you brought your Bible, great, you can turn to John 10. If you didn't bring one, that's all right. You can grab one out of the chair in front of you. Uh, it's on page 759. Uh, or uh, you can follow along on the screen or on your uh, smartphone or tablet if you have a Bible app. Uh, we just want you to kind of follow along with us here as we look at John chapter 10, verses 11 through 21, and Jesus' statement of how he is the good shepherd. So let's look at verses. We're going to take this in three little chunks. So we're going to look at verses 11 through 13 first, where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So we have two different characters introduced in this first passage. There is the good shepherd whom Jesus identifies as himself. He is the good shepherd. And then there is also a hired 
hand. Now, the hired hand was a helper to the shepherd uh, and would sometimes watch the sheep, uh, but the hired hand was in it for the money. And he had no care or concern for the sheep at all. And in Israel's history, uh, there were many different hired hands whom God appointed to watch over sheep. But when trouble came, they ran away and they left the flock vulnerable to attack. And when the wolf came, when enemies came, when the enemy came, uh, he would devour the sheep and scatter the sheep and scare and frighten the sheep. But Jesus says he is the good Shepherd, And what does he say that he does? He lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. Um, interesting thing about this passage, I read a book about shepherds in the, in the Middle East once. And what they would do is they would build a small enclosure for the sheep. And they would kind of uh, usher them in at night for them to sleep. Uh, and there was a little opening at the entrance to the sheep pen that they would build when they were out in the pasture. Uh, they, were, they would use rocks and shrubs and trees and, and kind of build this little enclosure around the sheep. And, and then, like I said, there was a little opening and the shepherd would literally lay down across that opening every night. So that if something was going to come in, a thief, uh, a wolf, a lion, a tiger, a bear, oh my, uh, if something was going to come in and get, get the sheep, they'd have to go through the shepherd first. And so when Jesus says that he lays down his life for the sheep, he means it in two ways. One, he sacrifices himself. We'll talk about that in just a second. But he also means that anything that's going to get his sheep has to go through him. That Jesus is your good shepherd and he protects you by laying down his life for you. He protects you as your good shepherd, as a good shepherd does his sheep. Now Jesus uses this phrase, lays down his life for the sheep, five times in John 10, 11 through 21. He uses this phrase five different times. And so it's kind of important to understand that Jesus was going to lay down his life for the sheep. And, uh, the, and the reason that he does that is because he is the good shepherd. And over and over again in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see this phrase, this, this descriptor of Jesus as a shepherd or God as a shepherd. In Psalm chapter 80, verse 1, Uh, The psalmist wrote, hear us, O shepherd of Israel. He's referring to God as the shepherd of Israel. In in Isaiah 40, 11, he wrote, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers his lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And I love this image of God as shepherd, how he holds us in his arms. When we're frightened, when we're scared, uh, when we are uh, worried, God holds us in his arms like a a shepherd holds a lamb. In Jeremiah 31.10, Jeremiah wrote, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. That God watches over his lambs, his sheep, like a shepherd does. A shepherd who cares. Not like the hired hand who runs away at the sign of trouble because they're just in it for the money. But the shepherd loves his sheep and cares for them. Uh, in the New Testament, we read some passages that talk about how Jesus is the good shepherd of, of the church. Uh, in Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, uh, the author of Hebrews wrote, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything for doing good, for, for good, for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And God's people said... Amen. In 1 Peter 5, 4, Peter was addressing the elders of the church, and he says, And when the chief shepherd, that's Jesus, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never 
fade away. And so we see that we have this idea of Jesus being the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the great shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And that's exactly what he did when he went to the cross. And when he suffered and died for our sins, Jesus laid down his life for the sheep. Uh, in Ephesians 5, 2, Paul wrote, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That Jesus died for you and me. He died for our sins. And in 1 Peter 3.18, Peter wrote, For Christ also suffered for sins, one, uh, once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. That Jesus died to bring us to God. And he was the righteous one, and we are the unrighteous ones. And yet he laid down his life for his sheep. And so we can follow Jesus, our good shepherd, because he loves us enough to lay down his life for us. But wait, there's more. Let's keep going in John 10, verses 14 through 18. Jesus once again, for the second time, says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. In this, in this part of the passage, Jesus is talking about his relationship with God and his relationship with us. Jesus' relationship to the Father was a, a personal relationship. It was an intimate relationship that he had with, his heavenly, with our Heavenly Father. Jesus and the Father had this personal relationship. And he also says that just as he has this relationship with God the Father, he can have, we can have this relationship with him as our Good Shepherd. He says, the sheep know me and they know my voice. Do you know the voice of Jesus? Do you know Jesus as your shepherd? Do you know his voice? Would you recognize his voice? Jesus is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. And this is the command, he says, of the Father. That the Father commanded him to lay down his life for the sheep. It was God's will that Jesus would suffer and die for our sins. It was God's will that Jesus would give up his life for our sins. And that, that can be hard to, to fathom, that, G, that God, his desire, his will, uh, his, his command was for Jesus to die for us. That he gave up his one and only son for us. It's amazing love. It's amazing grace that sent Jesus to the cross. And now we can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ based on the love and grace of God that we can have a relationship with him, that we can know his voice and that we can hear him and that we can follow him wherever he leads us. I want to close out this passage by reading verses 19 through 21. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? You know, there were people who were divided over Jesus and who, and who he is and who he was. And there are people still divided over who Jesus is to this day. And some said he was a lunatic, that he was uh, stark raving mad, that he was insane. He was a crazy person. It's hard for us to imagine that people would think that Jesus was crazy. 
But here he was claiming to be the good shepherd, claiming to be the son of God, claiming to have this intimate relationship with God the Father that no one else could have. And so to the Jews, it sounded like he was crazy. But to others, they said, how can he be demon-possessed? Or how can he be crazy when he has opened the eyes of the blind? It's one of the great miracles of Jesus when he healed uh, a man who was born blind. And I, I, was, uh, I heard in a, in a book once, read in a book once by Mark Batterson, that this is one of Jesus' most amazing miracles when he healed a man who's, who was born blind. Because when you're born blind, it means that your eye organs aren't connected to your eyes. To your eyes. That it's, it's a, a, a physical uh, deformity. But yet Jesus rewired this man's brain when he healed him, when he gave him sight. He actually connected the dots, that he connected the eyes to the eye organs. It's an amazing miracle that Jesus did. And so the, uh, the people around him said, how can he be insane? How can he be demon-possessed when he has healed a blind man? And like I said, today people are still divided over who Jesus is. Is he just a good teacher? Is he just a, a good prophet? Or, uh, 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 or is he the son of God? Or is he the savior of the world? And, and, and it, it's, it's one or the other. He's either a crazy person who claimed to be the son of God or he really is the son of God. And I can testify you today that by the power of Jesus Christ, my life has been changed. And maybe your life has been too. And it's all because Jesus is who he said he is. He is the Son of God. Now, there are three characteristics of a good shepherd that you need to know today. There are three characteristics, three traits of a good shepherd that you need to know and how they apply to your life. Uh, the first thing you need to know is that a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and his sheep follow him. A good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep and his sheep follow him. So my first question for you today is, are you following your shepherd? Are you following Jesus as your shepherd? Have you put your faith and trust in him? Do you believe in him? Do you believe that he is the son of God, the savior of the world, that he died for your sins? Are you trusting him for salvation? Have you put your faith and trust in him? Have you put, uh, do you believe in him? Have you uh, turned away from your sinful life in repentance? Have you confessed him as savior and Lord? Have you, have you been baptized? Because that's what it means to start following Jesus. And that's where it begins. The starting, that starting line of, of faith. And, and following him uh, through life into life eternal. Are you following Jesus? Have you heard the sound of his voice? Because that's the second trait. That's the second characteristic of a good shepherd. A good shepherd knows his sheep. And his sheep know him. A good shepherd knows his sheep. And his sheep know him. And I'm here to tell you, I, I, this is one of the greatest things that you can know about Jesus is that he knows you. That Jesus knows you. Now that may seem scary. That may seem a little scary because we know ourselves pretty well and we know what we're capable of. We know how pretty sinful we can be and we know how pretty rotten we can be deep down inside. But Jesus knows you and he loves you and he cares for you and he likes you. You know, sometimes we may think that it's, it's not possible for Jesus to like us. Because we, we, you know, those of us who have kids or those of us who have parents or those of us who have friends. And, and we can say, you know what, I love my kids, but I don't always like them. Anybody ever said that? Don't admit to that. You're horrible people. Just like me. But where you said, you know what, I love my kids, but I don't always like them. I love my spouse, but I don't always like them. 
Uh, I, love my, uh, I love my parents, teenagers. Do you love your parents? You should. Teenagers, you should love your parents. They put up with you. They do. But you can say, I love my parents, but I don't always like them. Jesus will never say that to you. He will never say, I love my sheep, but I don't always like them. Jesus loves you, and he likes you. And that's important. And the reason I know, the way I know that Jesus likes you, is that he wants to spend time with you. He wants to spend forever with you. And, and while we'll put up with people that we love sometimes, and we don't always want to spend time with them, go to a family reunion. You'll see that, right? We may love people, but we don't always want to spend time with them because we don't like them. But Jesus loves you enough, and he likes you so much that he wants to spend forever with you. That's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. Do you know Jesus? Uh, do you know the real Jesus? Not, a, not some kind of fake Jesus or uh, the Jesus that some people portray. That uh, No, do you know the real Jesus? Are you hanging out with people who know Jesus? Are you going to a church where they know Jesus? And if you're here today, yes, you are. Because we know Jesus here. We know the Jesus who gave his life for the world. We know the Jesus who loves the world so much that he died for our sins. We know the Jesus who cares for us like a good shepherd. We know the Jesus who loves us enough and likes us enough that he wants to spend forever with us. This is the Jesus we know. This is the Jesus you need to know. And Jesus knows you. So you may feel all alone. You may feel completely ostracized. You may feel like nobody cares and you're completely alone in this world. I'm here to tell you you're not alone because Jesus knows you and he knows your name. And he cares enough about you to know your name and he calls you by name and says, I want to spend forever with you. What a wonderful thought that Jesus loves us and he knows us and he wants to spend forever with us. That is a good shepherd. The third trait of a good shepherd is this. A good shepherd communicates with his sheep and his sheep listen to him. Are you listening to your shepherd? Because your shepherd's talking to you. He knows your name and he's communicating with you. And God sent his son so that we could have a relationship with him based on his love and grace. And so my question is, are you listening to your shepherd? It's one thing to know him. But are you listening to him? Ask any wife about whether or not she knows, her husband knows her. He'll say, yeah, I know her. Then ask her, does he listen to you? And it depends. If there's a football game on, no, he's not. I'm just telling you right now, he's not listening to you. Or if he's playing video games, not listening to you. You got to get his attention. You know, turn the video game off. Hey, what'd you do that for? Now will you listen to me? Yes, he will. So that he can watch the game again. But are you, you may know your shepherd, but are you listening to him? God gave us his word. He gave us the Bible. He gave us scripture to communicate with us. I, I believe that the Bible's a love letter. That is a love letter written from God to you. It's a love letter written from God to his sheep so that we can know him and we can have a relationship with him that is based on his love and grace. Do you know your shepherd? Do you, are you listening to your shepherd? Because he's talking to you. And you think, well, you know, I don't know that I can read the Bible. Yes, you can. God gave you his word to read. 
And you, and you may think, well, I, it's just so big, it's so intimidating. I, I don't know where to start. I'll tell you where to start. Start in John. Start here, where, where we are in the book of John. Start in John chapter 1. Well, how much do I need to read? I mean, I, I don't have a lot of time to read. You don't need, read one or two paragraphs a day. Just take five minutes and read your Bible to listen to the sound of your shepherd, to listen to his voice. Because sometimes we think, oh, I've got to read and read and read and read. I've got to know all this stuff. And I'm telling you, relax. Take five minutes a day, read a couple paragraphs of Scripture, and then pray about it. Because not only does the, the good shepherd speak to you through his word, but he wants you to speak with him. He wants you to communicate with him, to tell him what's on your heart in prayer, to pray to God and say, Lord, this is what's going on in my life and, and, and I need your help. Or Lord, thank you for, for loving me. Uh, thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you for, for guiding me and thank you for providing for me. It's important that we spend time communicating with our shepherd because he has taken the time to communicate with us through his word. So my encouragement to you today is don't stress over having to read 10 chapters a day. I mean, if you've got the time to do that, if you, you want to do that, go right ahead. But for those of you who are saying, you know what, I just don't, I, I don't know where to start. Tomorrow morning, get up, read John chapter 1, read the first couple of paragraphs and say, you know what, Lord, reveal to me what I need to know. Lord, teach me by the Holy Spirit. Teach me by your word. Help me to know the one whom John says is the word who is with you. Help me to hear the sound of your voice. Because a good shepherd speaks to his sheep. A good shepherd communicates with his sheep and his sheep listen to him. Are you listening to your shepherd? Because he's talking to you. And he's leading you and guiding you right to where he wants you to be. And it's a good thing to listen to our shepherd and to follow our shepherd and to know our shepherd. Because our shepherd is leading us to where we want to go. To where we most want to go. Your good shepherd knows the way. Because he is the way. And he will lead you right to where you want to be. And when we get there, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Amen.